This is the Millennial Movement Podcast, delivering you the most exclusive insights from the top entrepreneurs and influencers from around the world. Hosted by business owner and influencer, Ricky Wynn. Now on to the show. Yo, 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 what's up, guys? You're now tuning in to the Millennial Movement Podcast, starring your host, Ricky Wynn. Today, we have a special guest on the show. He started his own credit card processing company. He's on his journey to a billion dollars in sales. Kazra Maranu, how are you doing today? Thank you for being here today, man. Thank you as well, man. Thank you as well. Awesome. So I know we have a lot of topics to cover, a lot of questions, and I'm excited for you to finally be here to have you on the show today. So right to get into it, uh, can you tell the audience that's listening, tell them who you are, what you do, and currently are doing at the moment? Sure, man. So, my name is Kajra Maranu. Well, I'm a family man, I'm a father, I'm a husband. I like to consider myself a good friend. In terms of business, what we currently run is a payment processing company. Uh, that's the main meat of the business. We do a few other things like mm-hmm. business loans, maybe start a few businesses here and there as a spinoff, but the main meat of the business is payment processing. And um, my area of specialty is in sales. I've never gone to school to learn sales. I had my first sales seminar or sales workshop in 2017 with a guy named Jordan Stupar. Mm-hmm. That was my first ever sales training. I don't even think I read any sales books prior to that. At least I never read them completely through. Mm-hmm. So everything that we have done so far has been trial and error, to be perfectly honest with you. In 2017 and a good part of 2018, I have invested a lot more money into learning. Uh, I've been going to like tons of seminars from people like Ty Lopez to Billy Jean to Brenda Richard to Frank Kern. And I learned a few things here and there from them, but their business models and the way they get their clients and who the target markets are and mm-hmm. the way their, their programs are built for a certain type of clientele. So I haven't been able to use a lot of that material yet. Mm-hmm. But I have began investing a lot more in myself. I've always been. Um, a reader, well, here and there at least, you know. I, I, I can see the books on the back of your wall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. So, I mean, I used to be an avid reader, but I stopped for some reason, and then, you know, now I'm back into it, so. So, when you talk about, you started sales training, when you know, you, you say you went to these different seminars, what was the main thing that you learned from it that helped you, you know, move in the direction that you are now? Honestly, man, I have not been able to use anything in really? any seminar that I've gone to play funnel seminars and pay Fifteen thousand dollars. Wow! And um, I haven't been able to use any of that stuff, man. So, what do you think that helped you the most progress? Oh, it wasn't seminars at all, for sure. Mm -hmm. We didn't have any seminars. And what I've learned, even as a result of going to the seminars, is that whatever you learn, it's best to try to implement it as fast as you possibly can. Mm -hmm. And that could be a reason why some of the material that I've learned at these seminars hasn't really been productive for me, not necessarily the information that they've been given, mm-hmm. but, or that they have been uh, selling or whatever, but it's probably people like me who get the information and maybe overthink it a little bit too much, yeah. and then also, I'm not, I'm, a, I'm in the B2B business, which people say B2B is almost the same as, you know, B2C, and it's not, yeah. because you have to really know what your clients want, and businesses don't care about, you know, the next, you know, how you can make $10,000, you know, in a weekend or a day or something like that, they, they really don't go with that too much, and everything mm-hmm. that businesses do, they want it in writing, it's, like, our business is based upon contracts, we do business with banks, uh, small financial institutions, brick and mortar businesses, and everything we do is, is on a contract basis. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the online world, people are kind of like selling you on this general information, and it's really just you know you can make any kind of claim because it's not in writing, it's not on a contract. But long story 
your, your really answer your question, man. The thing that got us to where we are today is by taking action, man. Action, 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 action. And I honestly think that if I had a going to these seminars, all these seminars that I went to in the last year or so, and taking action on what they said, I probably would have been a lot more productive even utilizing that information. Well, I want to get to that, to your uh, company in a minute, but before we get to there, I want to kind of go back into, you know, before you started your credit card processing company, I know that you worked in a school system, correct? Yeah. So how was that working to the school system to now being, you know, a credit card processing company? Like, take me through that experience, you know, from every, I like to say, you know, from every journey, there's an experience that I like to learn from. What was your experience working in the school system? What was that like for you? Wow, man, I never worked that hard before, man. <laughs> really? Can you, tell, can you tell us why you say that? So I'm going to say how it started. So I um, used to work on Wall Street. I used to work for um, Goldman Sachs. Right? Okay. Yeah, I used to live as a consultant for the Federal Reserve Bank as well. So I would go from East Orange, New Jersey, and I would take the subway from the path to the Penn Station in Newark, jump on the path train to New to um, World Trade Center, and then walk over two blocks over to Broad Street, which is where Wall Street is. Mm-hmm. I did that for about two years, made really good money or decent money, mm-hmm. and then I quit and moved to Florida, and I started sucking air for money. So when I first moved to Florida, I could not find a job to save my life. Wow. I even took tests to become like a financial planner. I failed all the tests. I, man, dude, I just couldn't do it. So I was going to work with this penny stock company, but mm-hmm. it was too far away, and I didn't have a car, and the buses didn't get, you know, couldn't go yeah. there. It didn't go there. It wasn't on their route. So I basically got on the phone. I called this guy who had a after-school program. His name was uh, Pastor Curry. Mm-hmm. He says, hey, man, come up here. I'll see what I can do. I can't promise you anything. And it was a, it was basically a Title One or grant based program, meaning it was non for profit. Mm-hmm. So I, I, man, it was about a five mile walk. Walked up to the school. He gave me a shot as a volunteer. I did that for about three or four months. Then he brought me on board for like eight bucks or seven bucks an hour or something like that. And then I did that for about another three months. It was attached to an elementary school. Oh wow! Because the, the grant program used the school premises, uh-huh. and so the school brought me on as a teacher assistant. I might have been making eight. 75 an hour then so mm-hmm. i did that for a year then the next year they said you know what we're going to make you they give me some other title even though it doesn't matter what it didn't matter what title i had i was doing everything i was the technology person i was passing out lunches doing traffic you know in the parking yeah. lot after school in the morning patrol or lunchroom mm-hmm. patrol whatever you want to call it so i did a little bit of everything and then finally the school made me an official technology coordinator right that's the name of the title and that means you basically handle all the technology for the school and i did that for about two years i think the most i made salary wise was 38k and that was before taxes so, you know after taxes i might have brought home 28k mm-hmm. or something like that wow and, and i recall man just like remembering to myself like you know people said you know what you have this thing about you why don't you go into administration? I remember how hard it was sometimes working for the school. It wasn't always hard, but you know, I had a walkie-talkie on me. That's, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. So the principal or whoever else needed assistance, whenever they thought they needed assistance, they would mm-hmm. just call me in the walkie-talkie. So I'd be running around the school like a chicken with no head. Just you know, some people would say my computer doesn't work. It wasn't plugged in. Mm-hmm. My computer doesn't work. Oh, you got to move the mouse so that the screensaver you know wakes up whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, or this software has software issues, and or I don't know. It was just so many. And I was fixing. TVs, remote controls, building websites. Uh, parents would come in upset. I would calm them down. I did every freaking thing, man. And I thought to myself, I'm like, man, this is, even if I went into administration, it would be a lateral move at best. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to stay there for like freaking 25 years to make 70K. 
So I was like, you know what? When I make a move, it's going to be a real move. And so after about three or four years of this whole ordeal there, um, and I'm appreciative of the opportunity I had, don't get me wrong, but it's just, you know, I wanted more time with my family. Yeah. I only had two weeks off a year, you know, plus, you know, holidays and things like that. And so I said to myself, the only way that I can have more time with my family is I can't be strapped to an, a set income. Because mm-hmm. after school, it doesn't matter how hard you work, you can only make a certain amount of money. That's the amount of income, yeah. And so I thought to myself, like, man, I can't do that. And the principal who worked at the school, he, unfortunately, he passed not so long ago, but he was so stressed out. I could see his, it's almost like being the president. I could see yeah. his hair turning gray almost while I'm in the school. Mm-hmm. And then other principals came in behind him, and it was a Title I school, which basically means it was in the inner city, and it was like, you know, a low-income area. And so everything about the school was based upon test scores. And that's how the principal was um, known to do good or bad, is that the children scored well on test scores. And in many cases, those children, they didn't care about any tests. They just wanted to be able to eat breakfast, get out the home, or, you know, when, you, when you're, like, in an impoverished area, scoring well on tests is the last thing. <laughs> yeah, it's the last thing you want, you want to have on your mind. Yeah. The last thing, man, it was just so many issues with it. It was it was, it was a good experience because it taught me a lot. It basically honed my skills in on dealing with people in general. Mm-hmm. I already dealt with that on Wall Street. Yeah. And it's a different kind of attitude on Wall Street, more of a snobby kind of attitude, mm-hmm. whereas now I went all the way from the super wealthy at Goldman Sachs all the way down to the, the hood, basically, yeah. you know, and you're dealing with every kind of, you know, whatever they feel, it just happens at that time. Mm-hmm. One day I said to my, I was on the internet and I found this 100% commission position all the way in freaking Irvine, California, 100% commission, and it was a sales gig. And they said that we'll fly you out for two weeks training, and then, you know, you got to make it happen from there. I told the school that my auntie was ill, she was ill at the time, mm-hmm. and that I needed a break. They paid me one check, and I had one check in the bank. So I had one month and a half worth of bills, you know, rent money or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I, I got on the plane, I went to the airport, and I missed my freaking flight. So that means I had, and I already told the job I was quitting for two months. So I had to come out of my own pocket and pay and my $695 yeah. when I was almost crying because that was now half the money I had. Mm-hmm. Flew out there for, was it a week or two weeks or something like that. I didn't understand anything in the training. I couldn't even understand the math. It was basic math, dude. But it was just the way they were teaching it. Yeah. And in the second week, they just kind of put you out there. So I flew back home after two weeks and I didn't make any sales whatsoever. By the end of the second month, I thought to myself, like, man, I have no money left for bills. Mm-hmm. I had two small children, and they were had activities like baseball and dance. I thought to myself, you know what? Maybe I should just report myself missing and then not come home. And that way, at least, you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll get on my feet and then come home one day because I didn't want to go home and tell my children's mom, we got to get out. Tell the children, you got to get out of your programs. We have to get out of this apartment and now move into your mom's house, you know, move into your grandma's mm-hmm. house. I couldn't do that. And I remember being super, like, discouraged. And I, I talked to this one guy, I can't remember his name now. And I was like, dude, how are you getting all these sales, man? And he says, listen, dude, don't give up. He's like, you have to stick to it. I mean, it was really basic information. He said, don't give up. You got to stick to it, dude. The school, I mean, where I was working, they would give me this big, fat binder. Mm-hmm. So I was walking in, like, to these, you know, businesses with this big binder looking like vacuum cleaner salesman. <laughs> so I got rid of the binder and just, like, went in there as myself. Mm-hmm. So all I had gotten so many rejections prior to that, 
And now I just relied upon my, my natural skills. I grew up in Detroit, Michigan, so you don't grow up in Detroit not knowing how to deal with people and know how to read situations, you know? Mm-hmm. That was a pretty rough area. I used all those skills. Um, I stayed positive as I possibly could. And I, I made my first sale, and then after that, it was almost like a domino effect. That within a month, I think I might have made like 21 sales, and that's a lot for yeah. that industry, right? Mm-hmm. And then within eight months, I tripled my income that I was making at the school. And then the next year, I quadrupled my income. This is all 100% commission. So I have more time, more money, and so now we can make as much money as we need to. We have as much, and we also have the same amount of risk. But now we get to do what we really want to do, which is, you know, serve our clients. And we consider our clients not just businesses, but also our sales consultants and, you know, staff members at the same time. So that's how we got to where we are. Um, right now, we do about a billion dollars every 14 months. Wow. The goal is to a billion dollars a year and then a billion dollars a month, month after month after month after month after month. Wow. So, you know, before we get to the to the big topic, you know, a billion dollars in sales, I want to take it back to the sales train real quick. You know, you went from that. How did you go from that point? You said you tripled your income within the, the first eight months. So I'm guessing you're around six figures within the first eight months, correct? Like first I was 12 months? like the first year, I think I might have made like 87, 90 or whatever. 87, like roughly around like seven to eight K a month at that time. Yeah. 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 So when you jump from that stuff and after you left because of, you know, your own own decision wise when you went from there and then you know all right you say all right i'm gonna step away from the money you know i don't believe in some of the reasons what they're saying some of the unethical things that they're doing but let me take a step back and try to learn from myself what i learned from this experience and how to move forward and then once you move forward you start your own credit card processing company with uh, a partner you partnered up and now you're closing to a billion dollar sales take me through that how has that become about going through the thunder company but also you know how big it's gotten to it now oh sure man um whatever you walk into a business the business is really buying you yeah i mean of course we have to have a decent product mm-hmm. you want to have a decent product or service or whatever but they're really buying you and so if i'm building trust with the ceo or the manager or whoever it is who signs the document then the company who i work with now screws them over they see me that's my reputation then also i saw some funny things with my money and how i was getting paid so that's what and it was just consistent 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 and i realized oh wow this is the way they do business i'm the one who's tripping you know it's not them this is how they do business because if they can get away with it contractually or non-contractually that's what they do and that's why sometimes i always say now read the fine print read the fine print so that caused us to then go with the big parent company like the, the company who all these other companies were going to and then we realized we were thinking that we were actually in control of our destiny at that time. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I guess everyone's in control of their destiny, but we thought we had more control of our business at the time. Yeah. But, again, we didn't read the fine print that well. And really, and there's a lot of other things that we just didn't know. And, I, I mean, I don't even think any mastermind programs could have helped me. We had no gurus, no mentors, no seminars. You know, like the online stuff that they do now wouldn't have helped us with that at all because it's a different world altogether. Mm-hmm. You know, we talking about banks and business. You know, it's a different world. So we would look. We didn't know what we didn't know. Once we realized it, we were like, oh, shoot. Oh, my God. We're like, man, we're almost in the same position we were in before. We're just yeah. dealing with a different entity. So after going through years of that, we recently realized, maybe a couple years ago, that doing the exact same thing that we're doing today, a different contract, we can make literally millions more. It was just knowing 
something different. And then, of course, having a bigger staff, having more money, all those things. So that is what led us up to it. And But during that whole phase, I remember we started off We started off with an office in Anaheim, mm-hmm. California. And it was a super ghetto office, man. <laughs> I remember I would eat in there and I would just, whatever I'm eating, I would just let it hit the floor. <laughs> That's how bad it was. Oh, man. We didn't care. We got into some other businesses. We had an office in Texas. We had offices in a few different places. But mm-hmm. they were all really, really low-end offices. I mean, I'm talking like super small. Super small. I mean, super small, uh, in the ghetto kind of businesses, you mm-hmm. know, for the most part. Or, or offices, rather. It was just myself and my partner. So, a lot of times, we'd have to wear so many hats. I mean, multiple hats. We'd be sales. We'd be semi-marketing. We'd be customer service. We'd be tech support. And believe it or not, so that people wouldn't think we just, you know, a small business run by two guys. I'd answer the phone and I would squeeze my nose and I'd be like, hello, hey, how are you doing? Just again. And I would be that person. And yeah. someone else would call and I'd size my voice another way. And my business partner would do the same thing. So people would think it was like 10 people working it's there. 10 people, so we yeah. Just, we went through that whole thing and then we built up to bring on more people. And man, you took them all learning so much. Oh my God. I mean, we've had employees come and take our documents and then go to California Employment Board and, you know, try to sue us, you know, just to make extra money. Uh, I mean, we've had people come into the office and work and then say that their stomach hurts and they can't work for the rest of their life and then go to the employment board and try to sue. I mean, there's so many things that we did not know. We didn't have the finances to pay like these firms to teach us that. Yeah. So we learned a whole lot on the way, man. This whole, I mean, this, I could write a book on what not to do and what from to everything do. from payroll to hiring too many people hiring the wrong people mm-hmm. we started from a small office then we went to this big huge expensive office that we really didn't need mm-hmm. you know which means extra thousands and thousands of dollars per month also it depends on where you have your business you know if you're in California California has about 10 taxes yeah. you know, which is not the best place to have a business in my opinion um, so it really so I've learned so much man in the process and corporate politics and you know when you have a business partner as well it's almost like a, it's like a business marriage you know where you just yeah. can't make all the decisions and even when your partner makes a decision sometimes it may not be the best decision mm-hmm. right but you gotta roll with it yeah, you gotta ride with it. It, yeah. and it may be something that actually hurts the company you know what I mean but mm-hmm. if you partners you're partners you just have to kind of roll with it so so I was asking, you know, you're talking about one billion sales. How much are you kind of bringing in monthly? Like with with going, how much is it monthly? It's about seventy two million or seventy five wow. million a month. We would have had a lot. We would have been way further ahead. But once we realized we were in this relationship with this big firm called First Data, right? It's okay. the biggest. We were doing so much business, but our income wasn't going anywhere. As a matter of fact, it was going backwards. Wow. I'm, I'm not even exaggerating. So literally, the more things we do, we'd be running the other way, backwards, uh-huh. backwards, backwards. And again, we didn't read the fine print in the contracts because the way they have it set up is you really can't ever find out what's going on because they're in control of all the documents and you really don't own the paper. It was an expensive, a super duper expensive learning lesson. But we didn't have like the thirty or forty-eight dollars like Jay Abraham offers. He has this like mentor group that I got an email about and they called me about. It's like forty-eight k for a year. They didn't have no forty-eight k mm-hmm. program like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. We didn't have access to the circles. Where, you know, you, you get to pay ten thousand dollars talk to one person for a day, and I've done that and still didn't learn, <laughs> you know, or, or get the right information. 
information that I needed. Yeah. So some, in some ways, I think, you know, in business, there's going to be a lot of trial and error. Mm-hmm. And so we would have been way further ahead than where we are now. Once we realized that we were going to be backwards, uh-huh. we slowed down and started to restructure the whole business and what we were doing and how we were doing it. And so now, literally, believe it or not, Ricky, now, in the month of September, uh-huh. it's a whole new bargain whole new world and we've been working on this thing for two years now yeah two years painstakingly for two years my business partner became a genius in this whole process he had to learn the whole back office by himself so it's not just me and sales this mm-hmm. is one aspect of a business you gotta have the back office i mean if you want to grow and you gotta have the customer service to text of course underwriting the business you had to have everything kind of coming to a closure but uh i have a few more questions before we leave out if someone was to you know start tomorrow start today they'll listen to this and they hear your stories like wow if he's able to do this i want to do it too how can someone take actual steps or how can someone increase their revenue or you know is it put in more work uh have an extra side hustle what is the you know necessary steps that they need to do to just have you know have some extra money on the side for them that they you know they're working towards something sure, man. i think that whatever you do if you're talking about extra income you gotta sell something Right? And selling, it doesn't have to be like a physical product per se, but maybe you're selling your service, you know, your expertise or something like that. And I would say, don't worry about, don't worry about it being perfect. And I get into that too sometimes myself now where I have to take a step back and remember, we didn't start off perfect. So I would say, if you want extra income, start offering your service no matter how good or how bad it is. Because, you know, you think about, let's say Apple, right? Apple is a humongous company, but everybody who has an iPhone knows they're not perfect. And they come up with the updates and this doesn't work and that doesn't work. And you get to the, you get the cloud and then you realize that you have to download each file individually. But they came out with it and they improve on it with the updates as time goes on. Yeah. And so I think as a small business, we should do the same thing. You mm-hmm. just start, you know, individual sole proprietor of a business. Just start wherever you are, right? Offer your products and service and go hard with it. Keep an open mind, of course. Don't mm-hmm. be like an arrogant person and just like, you know what, I'm not changing anything. But keep an open mind and make changes and adjustments as you go. And if you do have the opportunity to have someone who can help coach you, Mm-hmm. I think that would be great as well. So I was asking because I know you said, you know, everyone's not perfect. Whether you start today, tomorrow, you're not going to be perfect. It's just you're, it's an end going process of learning and creating, you know, doing it better. When you first started, you know, you built to, you're now doing almost what you said, 72 to 75 million a month, which is closing to a billion dollars in sales a year. No one gets to that point with, you know, from six figure to the school system. How did you get from that position to now making almost, you know, what no one can ever dream of is like, you know, 72 to 75, you know, revenue uh, monthly. How how'd you create such a big step from that? What was the paradigm shift going on to say this is possible and this is what I could do? You know, it's not just not just a, a goal, not just a dream, but it's something that I could turn into reality. Because that's that's really a, a huge that's goal. A goal. Thanks, man. You know, yeah. it's, that's really a good question because I can recall um, Jim Rohn. Yes, he's a mer- amazing author. Yeah. yeah. So I remember listening to him and just his stories, man, were life changing to me, man. And then also books like Rude or Not, man. I started reading these big fat books like this, right? It's wow. For Black Power, but it's a business. It, you know, again, it's a paradigm shift in what they're talking about. Then books like Peter Thiel's book, you know, Zero to One on 
right. I can oh, this is different about life in general. Yeah. And I really got heavy into personal development. I've always been on this quest to sort of uh, learn, uh, to improve myself. I started off trying to improve myself by learning different religions. I took on this like vegetarian, vegan lifestyle. I started studying, you know, uh, Chinese medicine, uh, Ayurvedic medicine, uh, uh, ancient African spiritual systems. Mm -hmm. I mean, I really went on this deep journey, man, to improve my life overall. I wasn't really in the business realm at that time. Mm -hmm. I was just really just trying to improve my personal life. Improving my personal life, it allowed me to relate to people better and also have more compassion for people, which really turns into being able to serve people at a higher level. Mm -hmm. As opposed to just walking in like a salesperson and just being super transactional. I'm not saying you can still be successful by being a transactional person. Uh For me, it was more, I really wanted to serve people. So when I would walk into a business, I became like an expert at first time closing. And I think I was able to make a connection and build rapport with people, right? Mm -hmm. And so once I did that, I became very good at it. Then we brought other people on, but we would kind of coach along the way. And so it would kind of duplicate what I would do on the sales side. It would bring somebody else on and somebody else on and somebody else on. So that's how we got to where we are today. It wasn't just me. It started off with just me as a sales. And then, you know, my partner in the back office. We brought on other people as well. And it was an expensive process because doing that process, man, I can tell you, man, sometimes I would go without taking a check for a year. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, would, I can make more money bagging groceries at Walmart, Yeah. to be honest with you. For a ton of years. So we've gone through many years like that. I mean, if the thing is, you have to swallow your pride because they don't understand that. You know, mm-hmm. like, they only see what benefits them, but you have to swallow your pride because it costs to be the boss. Yeah. And the same thing with your clients. They don't care either. Only they want to know what you're doing for them. That whole personal development and being more compassionate, it really helped a lot, man, because, you know, you can get discouraged when you bring people on. Only thing they think about is themselves, because then you're gonna make you some worse. You too. Yeah. I'm just gonna be about myself. But I don't I don't think that's the best approach to have. And I know a lot of businesses do that. Mm-hmm. It actually helped me and help my business partner to understand more about the psychology of people. The psychology and how of people. people think. Yeah. So the goal is to make sure you serve people and give them what they want first. And like I think it was Jim Rohn and Zig Ziglar help enough other people get what they want, you can have anything you yeah. want. Yeah. Man, no one ever asked me that question, but yeah, you, yeah, I, I love what you said because you know you're talking about basically like giving without expectation. You know, you want to give without asking anything in return. Like it's basically like the gift of life, the season of life. Also, with the paradigm shift, you that's when you were thinking the way. That's how I kind of look at my personal development because I started picking up books maybe a year and a half ago. And since then, I read thirty books in a year. But the paradigm shift of just reading creates wow. such a, a better yeah. They, it create a better positive mental attitude for me. Uh, it kind of cre- saw my definite purpose of what I want to achieve in life and just a positive, more impactful life. And what you did, what I did too, is why I started laughing because when I started reading, I, I did the same thing. I looked at every culture, at every background, Chinese medicine, Vietnamese, uh, Indian, uh, African-American. I, I went through the whole, like I wanted to learn everything to understand people's perspective, people's culture, but understand how they really are as a, you know, as that person, as that culture individual. So I really wanted to understand that person, reading personal development that really opened to my eyes. So, you know, newer heights to be where I'm at today. Yeah, yeah, good stuff, man. So I have a few more questions because I know we're coming to a close. These are uh, quick questions. Um, so one, do you have to go to college to be successful? I know. I don't think so. Yeah. I went to college. I have a degree. 
degree. Uh-huh. I have an associate degree in engineering, robotics, technology, some long name. I don't even know what I learned when I was there. I think they were just being nice to me. <laughs> Let me pass. To be honest with you, then I went to Rutgers in Newark, New Jersey, and I graduated in, from their business school in finance. And I learned how to think there. So I, I won't ever say that school has no purpose at all because I mm-hmm. think as long as you're learning, and no matter where you are, that's a good thing. Yeah. I think you can go to college. If you learn how to think deeper than on the surface level, I think that's awesome. But you can also go to a seminar or online course, and you may not learn anything. Mm-hmm. You know, if you just constantly repeating what someone else is doing. But if you learn how to, there's some people out there who teach you how to think deeper, mm-hmm. really delve into leadership and personal development and business as well. So no matter where you are, I think you can learn, man, whether it be school or not. So number two is when where you are now, looking back from when you started, what would you have done differently? Man, I'm thinking, where do I, where do I start? You know what, honestly, man, and I wish I had a mentor, man, or a coach. A mentor? I really do. If I had a mentor or a coach, I had, a, I had one guy, his name is James Smith, man, who basically helped open my, my paradigm in terms of consciousness mm-hmm. and culture. I mean, man, he would freaking beat me the hell up when he saw me, man. He was just like, wow. man, sometimes I'd be like, man, dude, white or something, man, like, <laughs> yeah. and beat me up about being, like, mentally lazy and not, not reading, not doing my research and not being up on the latest technology trends. He just beat me up. Now, how it gets when you get older, I'm like, I don't want to do that. But he really opened my consciousness up in that area. Mm-hmm. On the business side, I didn't really have anybody to kind of, like, help coach me along the way. So I wish, if I had to do it all over again, I wish that I didn't have to learn so much only on trial and error. Okay. Because having a coach, man, you know, whether it be in your relationships, you know, mm-hmm. maybe helping you figure out. Because in my culture, I'm from African American. Because we come from a lot of working families. Yeah. You know, so, you know, your wife could be the most important decision in your life. Mm-hmm. That's your children. I mean, everything. So even having a coach to help guide with that, you know, would have been great. Having a coach to help guide with business would have been great. So having a mentor or a mentee, man, I wish I could have done that and not had to learn so freaking much yeah so number three is what is the best business book that you recommend the best business book that i recommend yeah i see you have a lot of books so that's I, i'm a i'm a huge avid and vigorous reader so this is a huge question for me i this is this is a personal question so <laughs> man where do i start is it one book or are you talking about several books uh you can pick one two or three whatever is your most recommended book that you that you think will help out okay now, and I could be leaving some books out, a book out here, okay. but I'm going to give you a book that I think, one that's, that has tactics and strategy, okay. and then another one that maybe opens you up, mentally speaking. Okay. One of the best books that I've seen out there, that I see every freaking body using now, they're implementing all these things, like Russell Brunson and a ton of others, mm-hmm. and Brendan Ricard, they're using these same strategies now, and that's this book right here. Ultimate salesmanship. The ultimate salesmanship. And this guy, and what's his name? Jay Conrad Levinson, I think have a lot in common. These guys and Jay Abraham, they all come from like the same era. And I don't know who came out with the information first, but I see a lot of people using this guy's information right here. He passed, but I think he had brain cancer. Because I've never read, I've never read any sales books or anything uh-huh. until recently. Like I say recently, I mean like the last year or so. And I'm looking at all these things and the things that gives me in the book I can resonate with because I'm like, oh man, that is what I do. But they put it out in a in a systemized format where if I had a hand that years ago, I could have just followed that instead of learning. What I've been doing is because of my survival skills, that's mm-hmm. how I learned my sales skills. Like, I, someone just gave me this book recently, like two weeks yeah. ago. 
And I'm like, man, this book is freaking awesome. Wow. I can right. resonate with a lot of things in there he says. I'm like, yeah, that's so true. Yeah. But he has it in a system. That's the that thing. He says it. Uh huh. Now, I would say the book that opened me up, mentally speaking, in business and in general, is this book right here. Right. This guy right here, man. His name is Dr. Amos Wilson. I think he, like, passed on of a brain aneurysm. Man, that book, like, just in terms of psychology, the book is awesome. Mm. Now, I got to give you one more book, man. And this book right here actually changed my life and sent me on the path that I'm on. And the book was called, I don't think I have it here. Okay, so this book is called Medu Neter. M-E-T-U and then N-E-T-E-R. And in the book, basically, it's a blend of Ayurvedism, uh, Chinese medicine, and African spiritual system. Man, the book is so deep because it basically goes back to the world's first ever language and spiritual system, which today they call it hieroglyphics, mm -hmm. but it was called Medu Neter, which means the language of nature. That book, man, just opened me up, I think, to allow all these things that happened to me and me to go through all these different experiences today. Um, I would say that book had probably the most profound impact on my life out of any book at all, and it's called Medu Neter by Rob Nefer Ahmed. He's a guy from Panama, but he lives in Brooklyn now. Okay. So I have one more quick question that we're going to close it. If you could go back to your 19-year-old self, what would be the biggest tip that you'll give to your 19 or anyone that's 19 to 24 right now? Well, shoot, at my age at 19, man, I would say get out the hood first. Get out the hood. <laughs> but my 19-year-old self, what I would have done, what I had changed at 19, oh my God, man, at 19 years old, I hate to say it, man, but I was, uh, I was a pretty dumb dude. Yeah. I was a pretty, I was, yeah, I was a pretty dumb dude at 19 years old, man, like you're 19, right? Yes, sir, I'm 19. If you, you're way ahead of me, man. <laughs> Thank um, you. Like, way ahead of me. So I had a baby on the way. I was like, play, all I did was make me play basketball. I didn't read any books. I think the first book I read, I might have been 18 or 19 years old. Wow. That was the first book I read was The Art of Rocket Malcolm X. That was the first book mm -hmm. I read besides the Bible. Kazu, thank you for being on the show. We're coming to the end, but before we leave, I do want to have one more question is that we do a takeaway for the audience. We'll drive Vice be through the ups and downs and struggles and everything that you had to learn and go through life to be where you are today and how can someone create a better life for them in the future? How can someone create a better life for them in the future? Uh -huh. I would say and what would be the uh, biggest takeaway? The, the one main thing that I would suggest people do is help someone else improve their life in some way. I absolutely think that if you do that, your life will improve. Because, I, you know, you hear about all this depression and what people don't have. Yeah. But I think it's hard to be depressed when you're helping other people. I mean, you get such a great feeling from that. So I would say the one main thing that anyone can do is to learn how to improve someone else's life. And you can actually start a business like that, mm -hmm. help other people like that. You know, there's a whole bunch of good karma that comes back to you like that. So yeah. that would be my main piece of advice. Wow. Well, thank you for being here today. Thank you for taking the time to do this. I know I held you back way over the limit you should be, so I really appreciate the time you're doing this. Before we leave, would you like to tell them where they can find you at, you know, on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, your website? Okay, sure, man. So, this is my website, kazra.com. That's K-H-A-A-Z-R-A. -A -A. You can find all my social media handles there. Kazra, I have a long name, Kazra Maranu, M-A-A-R-A-N-U. But you can find me there on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you again, Kazra, for being here. Thank you for everyone tuning in to the Millennium Movement. If you love this podcast, please share with a friend. Leave a like, rating, review. Until next time, we're out. I work hard, I work hard every day. 
7 billion humans on Earth can't all like the same drink. That's why Circle K has Polar Pop and Froster. Pick your flavors and make that one in 7 billion mix just right for you. Polar Pop and Froster, just 79 cents each at Circle K. Limited time only at participating locations. Doing good work that matters. That's what a career at Mantech means. From protecting our satellites in space to protecting our warfighters in the field. And we are passionate about empowering our people to be their best by providing unparalleled job mobility and offering a free bachelor's or master's degree in cyber or cloud computing. The men and women at Mantech take pride in doing the tough work that keeps our country safe. Do you have what it takes to join our team? Learn more at mantech.com careers.